Welcome to the Marketing for Startups podcast by Ugly Ventures. I'm your host, Victoria Hajar, and the co-founder at Ugly Ventures, a place where entrepreneurs like you can find the tools and capital to grow your business. I'm so excited you're here. Let's dive into today's episode. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Marketing for Startups podcast. I'm Victoria. I'm so happy that you're here and joining me for today's episode all about how to find customers. And so this is going to be a little bit of a unique approach uh, to how these kinds of uh, podcasts um, and messaging is delivered in the online world. There's a lot of BS around the internet on hacks and tips and tricks to implementing you know, one certain funnel that's going to just have clients knocking down your doors. <clears throat> but the truth is, is that the process to finding clients, steady clients, raving fans for your product or brand starts way, way before even the sales process begins. And we're going to go through some elements of the strategy portion on how to prepare your business for sales and finding and attracting your ideal client. So last week, uh, we're in the middle of a series on how to create a go-to-market strategy. And last week, we laid the foundation for what the different elements are in developing a go-to-market strategy. And I mentioned that it's such a good practice to go through creating a go-to-market strategy, whether or not you're looking to uh, whether you're looking to get funding or not. Typically, you'll need to have a go-to-market strategy prepared in order to present to an investor during a pitch meeting if you are looking for capital. But even if you're not, the elements that make up the, the elements and exercises that make up this um, go-to-market strategy are incredibly valuable. And the prep work that you do and the research that you do before launching your business or sinking money into advertising your sales and marketing efforts really starts where we're going to start today. And so if you did listen to last week's episode, um, you may remember that I spent quite a bit of time talking about how to prepare um, for creating your go-to-market strategy. And I suggested that the only real way that you're going to to connect to your target client, to understand who your target client is, and to have a very strong value proposition for your product or service is to go out and actually have conversations with people that are willing to pay for your product or service. And it doesn't matter whether your product or service is created yet or, you know, if the product actually physically exists, you can start having these conversations as soon as you have the idea for the business and it's going to help steer you in the right direction as you do all of the subsequent pieces of the puzzle which is developing the product creating the brand and creating the sales and marketing strategy but today we're going to have a little bit of a deeper dive so if I'm to assume that you did have those conversations, that, that you did go and do your good market research before you start spinning your wheels, creating your marketing strategy, I would then tell you that you should have a clear understanding 
of what your value proposition is. Through having these conversations, you're going to be able to identify the core pain points of your target client and really understand how your product is going to satisfy those needs. One of the statistics that I read recently that was really jarring is that 90% of new startups fail each year, 90 And the reason for that is not because the founder is not passionate and full of of energy and excitement for the business that they're building, nor is it because they're unable to build the product that they want. The problem is, is that after all of the time, energy and effort has been created into bringing this idea into light, there's no, and most times there's no customers to actually buy the thing. And so what ends up happening is you discover a little bit too late that maybe your idea wasn't as great as you thought it was. Maybe it's a good idea and concept, but the reality is if you can't find paying customers to buy your thing, you don't have a business. And so that's why it's really important to sort of start counterintuitively because most of us entrepreneurs go into this dark corner of our office and start toiling away at our ideas and get very excited with all the creativity that we have to to really solve a problem but it is through those conversations and finding actually people to buy your thing beforehand that you can be sure that you're not going to develop something that's going to be a flop so you have these conversations and you should be able to announce Uh, to state in a quick elevator pitch what the value proposition for your product is very clearly. And when you're constructing this elevator pitch, you want to be able to showcase in one or two sentences who are the people you serve, what is the problem that you're solving with your product or service, and how you do that. So those are the three elements, the who, the what, and the how. And this is going to create a very strong case for you as a business because you're going to be able to tell anyone you come across what your value proposition is and they're going to understand it clearly. This is not the place for a big philosophical um, you know, epitaph on what the purpose, the bigger purpose of your business existing is. This is a very tactical value proposition of why your business exists. Why is it important? And it's a, and it's it's really key to make this a compelling statement. Investors want to see a compelling reason why you exist, but plain old customers and clients that are going to pay for your service want to know clearly why your business exists and how it's going to help their lives. So you better be able to um, express that clearly. That's going to be huge for your marketing and sales communication. So through your research, you understand what your value proposition is and you've crafted a sentence that's going to make it very clear to any person that you come across exactly what your business is about. And then you're going to go ahead and start digging deep into creating a buyer persona or a ideal client avatar or a core target client, whatever you want to, whatever phrase you want to name it or however you want to call it. But the real purpose of this, and of, and some people, 
nowadays it's pretty trendy for marketers to start moving away from this model of, of having this avatar um, because it, it does imply that you know, there's a little bit of a guessing game that goes on with it. And for some people, it is a guessing game because they haven't had conversations or talked to real clients in order to determine who their customers really are. But that's that's a separate topic. What I'm hoping for uh, in guiding you through this process is for you to take verbatim the things that you've learned from the conversations that you've had the market research that you've done, and be able to piece together a, an ideal client avatar, putting together demographics, but also psychographics. And this is where it's really an interesting thing to take really good notes during this market research project and be asking questions either in surveys or interviews, where do these clients that you have determined as, as raising their hand to say, yes, they want your product or service, where do they hang out in the internet? Um, what brands do they like and follow? Um, what influencers do they follow? Uh, where do they get their news? What does their day look like? And oftentimes when we're doing this exercise, we're sort of creating a story and we're just sort of making it up in our heads. But it's much more valuable to just be copying and pasting the answers that your actual clients have said to you. If you if you have enough of these conversations, you should be able to see some kind of thread or theme that runs along all of these cases that, that connects this demographic or this target uh, segment for you. Um, you know, when you get out of the basic demographic stuff, just, I'm sorry, I was, was meant to say psychographic, right? We want to find out what these core psychographics are. Does your client... Um, you know, love to do Zumba? Does, is your client uh, a big fan of, you know, eating clean? Do they all happen to, to utilize subscription services for different things? These really nuanced um, details are going to really help you hack your way to growth when it comes to sales and marketing because you're going to know exactly where to place your ads. You're going to know exactly what copy is going to be relevant. Um, what what kind of um, in what ways you can package your offerings that's going to connect with the client. So it's it really is a, a way to just cut down the process, hack the process, spy on on your customers by doing this front leg research uh, and 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 data gathering ga- gathering exercise. So creating a persona. And so I love the idea of getting as detailed as humanly possible, um, understanding where these people hang out online, what their interests are. I like creating a narrative about what their days look like from morning to night, explaining about the relationships they have in their life, the values that they have, the goals they have, the insecurities that they have, right? As nuanced as you can get. Once we've created a buyer persona, then we're going to want to look at the messaging. And this is often called uh, a value matrix, where you set out to create in a simple Excel spreadsheet, nothing too fancy, two, uh, two charts. On one side of the chart, you're going to put a list of the pain points, and hopefully you heard from you know, the horse's mouth, exactly what the pain points are. 
And then you're going to craft a sales message, a marketing message around each one of those pain points in one sentence or two, very short and sharp, explaining exactly how your product or service fixes the problem, resolves the pain point. And this is really the meat and potatoes of how we're going to find clients for your business. Because it's all about how the messaging that you put out into the world through your digital marketing and through your sales, how it lands to the prospects that you are going after. So if you can't connect with the pain point of your of these clients, there's no reason for them to pay attention to you. And another thing I want to point out is it's not I, this is definitely not a perfect process. You're not going to get it 100% right on the first time. What you're trying to gather is as much intelligent information on your core client, target client as you can, organize in a way that's going to be incredibly useful for you and put it out into the world. And then the chore becomes tracking the effectiveness of each message, of each campaign, of each bit of copy, of each part of your website, tracking the performance of every part of your sales and marketing um, program and analyzing what's working and what's not working. What core messages are hitting a chord with that client tar- uh, target client and having them take action and which ones are not. And marketing and sales is a constant process of iteration and improvement, but we can't really start to iterate and improve until we get things out there. And when we get things out there for the first time, it's going to cut out a lot of pain, energy, effort, and wasted time if we get as close to possible as perfect with all of these messaging elements and understanding our our target client. So once we've gone through these three practices, right, we've really narrowed down the value proposition. We've identified the buyer persona very clearly, and we've crafted messaging that connects that value proposition in a way that clearly addresses the buyer persona's pain points. This is the ground floor for creating your sales and marketing campaign. From there, you're gonna be ready to build out your marketing strategy, your bigger marketing strategy, which I call, and many, many people in the marketing world call the client value journey. And there's a couple different ways to approach the client value journey. The client value journey, which I've spoken a lot about, is a six-step process that gets clients from cold, uh, cold contacts that don't know anything about your company to actual customers, to actual raving fans. So it's a systematic approach that has six steps. Some, some um, methodologies have eight steps or 12 steps. For me, I, my methodology that I use, that I created, is a six-step process. And it takes clients through this journey on knowing what your company is, but then of course, building out the proper infrastructure on your website and how everything connects from your social media platforms to your website, to your email list, making sure that there are proper marketing funnels in place that can keep this journey going because your, your real job for sales and marketing in your business is going to be 
constantly filling your sales and marketing funnels. And you need to always be in front of new and fresh eyes. It's the only way that you're going to grow your business. Now, especially when you first start. But I, I do want to make a small caveat there is the approach to sales and marketing should always be one of data review and iteration. So in order to keep the pipelines full on the sales and marketing funnels that you have in place, you're going to want to be doing growth marketing activities. And I've also spoke several times about this, but of course there's three ways to grow your business, either through a sophisticated SEO strategy that's going to help increase your organic search, either through paid advertising or through partnership programs and leveraging other people's audiences. You always need to be getting fresh new eyeballs in your business. One small element that I do want you to be aware of is as all of these systems are flowing, you wanna be paying attention to the conversion rate that each of these funnels produces. Because the in, in getting new eyeballs into your business, you wanna make sure that these um, new clients or these new potential clients are converting at the highest possible rate that they can. And so when you're watching each step of the client value journey that you create, each of these six steps represents a conversion. And when you're tracking these conversions, you can see, okay, what part of this uh, journey do, can I improve, right? For example, if your website um, has a high bounce rate, for example, uh, getting it, if, if getting um, clients to, to your website is part of your strategy, <clears throat> then you're going to want to make sure that that bounce rate is as low as humanly possible, that you're not getting traffic in order for it to just just consistently be a very high bounced traffic that don't really engage a lot with the content of your website. No, in order to grow, you wanna be always thinking, how can I improve that bounce rate? How can I keep clients on the page longer and move them through the sales journey quicker? But once you've optimized the conversions that you can the best to your ability or bringing in experts to help you, it is just a game of how many more eyeballs you can get on your brand. So that is the client value journey. So the last piece of the marketing strategy that is normally the first piece of the puzzle, but I really believe is the last piece of the puzzle, is spending a lot of time on, on your branding. I think that it's really instinctual that that businesses and brands spend uh, tons of time um, branding, creating beautiful brands and logos and, and awesome websites. I would argue that you should really go out with a minimal viable brand when you first uh, when you're first trying to drum up customers and seeing where your messaging hits. Because through this journey, things will shift and change, and that's okay. But I've talked to founders in my network that have spent tens of thousands of dollars developing websites and brands before they have any customers. And nowadays it's easier than ever to get customers to pre-fund your branding or pre-fund your production um, costs because you can have pre-orders, you can do Kickstarters. There's so many options and 
I really hate to see founders throwing their money out the window and creating something that they're not 100% sure is going to sell or not. So these are the parts, uh, these are the, the few steps of, um, of how to organize your marketing strategy to really gain a maximum amount of clients into your business. This process is going to happen whether you strategically plan for it or not. And my suggestion is the more work that you can do on the front end, the less time it's going to take you to gain traction in your business, increase revenue, have a steady stream of clients, and all the things that are going to make you successful and at peace and not be in a constant state of stress. So I'd love to know your thoughts on this. Please head to uglyventures, U-G-L-I ventures.com, where you can see the show notes and leave your comments. I'd love to hear uh, what you know, value prop exercises or buyer persona exercises you've gone through in your business that you have found helpful. And I can share that through um, my community on Instagram and through my communities, through the various foundations that I lead. So I hope that you're having a wonderful week and I can't wait to see you again here next week for next week's episode where we'll be digging deeper into the stages and steps of building a go-to-market strategy. And one last thing, if you haven't done so or if you're interested in doing so, you can download a free template of a go-to-market strategy template where you can um, follow along on all these steps that we've been talking about this week and last week to help you build out your own go-to-market strategy for your own business. Thanks. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening to the Marketing for Startups podcast and for sticking around till the end. It would mean so much to me if you could like and subscribe to this podcast. It's a great way of telling the world that this podcast has content worth listening to. And remember, you could always reach me at LinkedIn at Victoria Hajar or at UglyVentures.com. Thanks for listening. Until next week.